Good morning. My name is Carl Fredrickson, and I thank you for the privilege I have to share a little bit about my story this morning. And I'd like to start with a question, and that is, what is your heart's desire? I'll tell you what mine has been since a child. As a child, I had a desire for adventure. I wanted, I loved explorers. And in my childhood, I came across a friend, a lady friend, Ellie, who had the same passion, the same desire, the same dream to be an explorer. And so as time went on, uh, we became soulmates and we married. And in our married life, Ellie had an adventure book and she put in there stuff we're going to do. And one of the things we wanted to do was to visit Paradise Falls in South America in this great adventure. But, as most of you know, life happens, right? So I'll show you a little bit about what happened in our life. So as you saw, life happened. We were saving money for Paradise Falls. We got flat tires, and I got a broken leg, and a roof needed to be fixed. And so before we know it, we were old. We didn't get to go on our adventure. And then unfortunately, then Ellie got sick and died. So not only did I lose the woman of my dreams, I never experienced the a dream adventure that we both had. So I'd like to share some words from a guy named Paul that I thought about as I thought about my life story. And he wrote it in, to some people we call uh, this letter to, to, to the Galatians. For I've been called to live in freedom. We just celebrated the 4th of July this week, right? Freedom. My brothers and sisters, he says, don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Not only just sinful nature, but your selfish nature. Me, I. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another. Not me, but you. In love. And so the greatest satisfaction in life doesn't come from selfishness, but selflessness, serving others. Then he goes on and he quotes something from an important guy named Jesus, right? For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. Now it's kind of difficult to have the same zeal when I wake up in the morning for you as I do for me. Or for you as I do for me. That's not easy. In fact, that's really hard. In fact, that might be impossible, right? But that's what we should strive for. And that's what Paul tells us. And as we're going to see as he continues to write, there is a way to do that. But the only activity we can perform in freedom is love. Anything outside of love is not free, it's not selfless. So, my wife has died, I'm a grumpy old man. They're building high-rises around my house, and I decide, ah, I'm going to carry out my adventure no matter what. I'm gonna get our house, which represents our life, to Paradise Falls. I'm a balloon salesman, so I'm gonna attach balloons to my house so we can Take our house to Paradise Falls. 
So here's my determination. Even in the midst of conflict with some friends that I have established. So I was determined I was going to get to Paradise Falls no matter what. No matter if I have to push you away. No matter if it kills me. Because my heart's desire is to have the venture and get to Paradise Falls. So back to what Paul said. He said, so let the Holy Spirit guide or direct your lives. Then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves, what the selfish me craves, even if it may be neutral, such as a trip <laughs> to Paradise Falls. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. There's something else. And then he says something really interesting. He says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. The Spirit gives desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. So there's a struggle going on. Now sometimes we think about that struggle, we think, oh, they're kind of like equal, right? You know, I've got my selfish nature, and then God's got my unselfish nature, the Holy Spirit does, and they're kind of like equals in a battle. But are they equal? Is your selfish nature and mine equal to the Holy Spirit's power? No way. So he goes on, these are constantly fighting. So you just don't, it's not over. You're not free, but when they're fighting, you're not free to carry out your good intentions. I'm not free to be selfish when I'm battling with selfish nature. I'm not free to love you. But when you're directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. And let me try and illustrate, I think, what Paul is talking about when he talks about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about a power source. It's like a locomotive. We're not the locomotive. We just get to ride on the train. And in fact, we can cruise over the tracks of the law because love is higher than the law. I don't have to worry about the law when I am motivated by love for God and love for others. But eventually, I get to Paradise Falls, but I have a dilemma. My new friends are in danger. So am I going to put my quest, my adventure, before my new friends? Let's watch. So I saved my friends, but I lost my house. The house that my wife and I spent our life together in. But then I realized it was only a house. And life goes on. And life goes, we live our lives through the people and the friends that we have. And sometimes a dream is just a dream. So if the Christian life looks too hard, and we talked about that last week, oh, it's too hard. We must remember that we're not called to live it by ourselves. <laughs> when you and I try and do it ourselves, we don't do very well. So what does it mean to be directed by the Holy Spirit? Well, Paul is going to tell us, and we'll look at it in a couple of minutes. It's bearing through the Spirit. Now, the way a true tree bears fruit is it's attached to its roots, and it gets a nourishment that way. So you and I need to be attached to the power source. The locomotive, God himself through the Holy Spirit. So why is it important to be directed by the Holy Spirit? Why are we talking about it? Well, 
The sinful desires can be overcome. And you say, well, I'm not that, it's not that bad. Well, let's look at the list, partial list, that Paul shares with us. So when I'm selfish, I follow desires of my selfish nature. The results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Selfish ambition, dissension, division. That's not enough. He goes on. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So that's not all. Not a very attractive list. So let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. If that's my nature, I'm not in the kingdom. I'm not headed for the kingdom. Pretty harsh, right? Pretty serious. Another way to say this, the mark of the sinful nature or the selfful nature is it's not submissive. It's not submissive to love. It's not submissive to doing what God wants. It's not submissive to, to putting others before ourselves. It's all about me. It's about doing it my way or the highway, right? Anytime we have that attitude, we're in trouble. And I was determined, above all else, to get to paradise fall, but other things are more important. A sign of being directed by the Spirit, and this is important, it's not that you have no bad desires, but that you're at war with them. You had that battle? You had that struggle? Say, thank God. I got the Spirit of God in me. And He doesn't want me to do that stuff. You know, there's something worse than the struggle. There's not having a struggle. When the Spirit's not in us. And when we're happy doing the, the sinful, selfish things. Well, here's the flip side, the positive side, the good side. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Talked about right? love. We talked about love. This kind of all-encompassing, right? Putting you before me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are, there's no law against these things. There's no need for law when we have these things. Now, the funny thing, we often talk about fruits. This is not fruits. <laughs> There's nine aspects of one fruit. This isn't apples, oranges, and pears. This is just one fruit. Because I like to think, well, you know, I, I can, I'm patient. I just, you know, don't have much self-control. No, 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 no. <laughs> when the Spirit has control, this is what we look like. This is the overflow of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc., And then he says something really interesting. He says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires, the selfish nature, sinful nature, to the cross and crucified them there. One way to think about this is the war has been won, right? Jesus was crucified and raised from the dead. He conquered death and sin, so the war has been won. So this struggle is just like skirmishes, (laughs) But the war is won, and we know who wins. Now, Jesus was only crucified once, right? How often do you and I have to do this? How often do you and I need to say, okay, it's not about me, it's about God and others. 
How, how often do I need to nail or turn my back on my selfish nature? And I would say to you, <laughs> as often as it raises his ugly head, right? Obviously, probably daily, but also times possibly during the, the day. Now, <clears throat> on my journey, I mentioned some friends. I came across a dog <laughs> by the name of Doug. And he exemplifies what Paul is trying to tell us here. Let's watch. I just met you, and I love you. Can you and I say that? Maybe just as important, I met you the second and third and fourth time, and I still love you. So how do you allow the Holy Spirit to control you? Kind of a double answer. And I came across this phrase, I love this phrase, keeping your heart happy in God. But how do you keep your heart happy in God? Well, by faith, Paul is going to tell us. A happy resting in the promises of God. Are you and I happily resting in the promises of God? This is the pipeline. This is the conduit of the Holy Spirit's power. Some churches like to use the term, this is the way you get filled by the Holy Spirit. So earlier on, Paul talks about this. In chapter 2, verse 20, he says it this way. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live how? By faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Well, how do I do this? How do I rest in the promises of God? By faith. I choose to believe them. So here, let me summarize what we talked about this morning. The fight of faith is fought with the promises of God. You and I need to fight the fight of faith. It's a fight. It's work. It's not natural. It's not easy. How do you fight it? With the promises of God. Someone has said there's 7,000 promises in the book, the Bible. Pretty important. We ought to read it then, I guess. And anytime you and I are expressing faith, we can love. I came across a quote from a guy by the name of George Mueller. Some of you may not know him. He lived in the 1800s in England. He ran an orphanage with no money. Just the power of God. And he said something really interesting. He said, I saw more clearly than ever the first and great primary business which I ought to attend to every day. So you and I are Jesus followers. And if you're not, we're delighted that you're here this morning. But if you're not, I mean, if you are, what is your prim- and my primary business? Well, according to George, it's this. To have my soul happy in the Lord. I never heard that before. What does that mean? Well, the first thing to be concerned about was not how much I serve the Lord or not how much I glorify the Lord. Aren't we supposed to do that? Yeah, but you know the only way you and I can do that? (laughs) Is if our soul is happy. So now, going on, but now I might get my soul, but how may I get my soul into a happy state? 
Next slide. How do I do it? And how is my inner man may, might be nourished? How am I empowered? What is the food for an inner man? Not prayer. Prayer is good, but not prayer, but the Word of God. We'd say the Bible. Well, why is that? Well, prayer is often much more about me talking to God, and the Word of God is what? God talking to me. And if I want to get my soul happy in God, the best way to do that is let God talk to me. So hopefully you are daily and often focusing and reading, thinking on the Word of God, letting God speak to us. Then our souls can be happy. So what do you and I do when our passion, our dreams, conflict with those we care about? That was my dilemma. Got to Paradise Falls. My friends are in danger. Which one wins? Well, I'm happy to report that love won. And let me tell you the next thing, next part of my story. So when Russell won his last badge, I was there. Love went out. I was there because I loved him and he loved me. And I gave him a special badge in memory of my late wife. Now, if you noticed, I don't need a cane anymore. Pursuing our own happiness above all else doesn't make us happy. It's a lie. Didn't make me happy getting to Paradise Falls. It made me happy to stand beside Russell when he won his award. See, Jesus put us first, so we ought to put others first. That's where true meaning and significance comes in life. So I'll give you a homework assignment. Here it is. By faith, work, and faith is work. <laughs> By faith, work to keep your ha heart happy in God. And I said, how, how do you do that? By reading God's word. So how much do you need to read? Circular argument. I need to read enough that my heart gets happy. Could be one verse. It could be five chapters, right? Keep our hearts happy in God. Thank you for letting me share my story. Now, let's pray. The praise team will come. We'll collect your cards, and we have two gifts to give away, and we'll tell you about that in a minute. Thank you. Father God, thank you. We thank you for, uh, wow, there's so many lessons we learned from, from Carl and his friends. But first and foremost, we pray that you would ha help us <laughs> walk by faith, be directed or led by the Spirit, so that we would be, have happy hearts. And God, I know I gripped aside, there's people that don't have happy hearts. Outside of Jesus, it's impossible to have a happy heart. It's impossible to be selfless. God, we thank you for your example and you <laughs> giving us the victory or letting it, winning it for us and we can walk beside you and claim it through you. So if anyone here is not happy, not in Jesus, we pray that you step across that line you accept that gift. God loved you enough to send his son to die for you.
seems foolish to, to reject it. And God, only as we live for you and for others are we truly happy. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.